We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Spurs Up Show presented by the Armchair All-Americans. We are back after a week off. We are back again. Um, I'm your host, Chris Phillips, joined as always by my co-host and colleague, Thomas Floyd. Before we get started, if you're not subscribed to the Spurs Up Show yet, not sure exactly what you're doing, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet by far, be sure to go online, rate, subscribe, share, and download the Spurs Up Show on iTunes, the Stitcher app. Wherever you consume your media, wherever you consume your podcast, please be sure to go rate us. It actually helps other people find our show as well. So, obviously, we prefer leave us a five-star review. Leave us whatever you want. Tell us where we can improve uh, whatever you like. Also, be sure to go check us out on our social media handles on Twitter, at ArmchairSCar. That's going to be at ArmchairSCAR. Instagram, at ArmchairSCarolina. Uh, and, of course, again, this is a podcast brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans. So, please be sure to go to ArmchairAllAmericans.com. Check out all of our, all of our latest breaking uh, Gamecocks news coverage, of course, the podcast, um, and especially all of our content as we count down to kickoff. We've been doing our countdown to kickoff on social media, on our Twitter page, and also our Instagram account, which has been uh, blowing up a pretty good bit, a uh, pretty good bit in the last couple of weeks. Like I said, the countdown to kickoff has been a really, really big hit. We're going to continue to do that uh, as we get closer to football season. And obviously, as we get closer, we're going to start breaking down some position units. We're going to start talking some offensive, defensive previews, some season previews, and uh, you know, get 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 really into the football mix. But like I said, I'm joined as always with my co-host Thomas Floyd. Tom, it's good to be back after a week off. How you been? It's great to be back. You know, last week was tough not recording. We had some things come up, but we're back <laughs> yeah, this no, week, and we, we that's did. what matters. No, we did. Yeah, we had, we got a packed show today. Um, I'm hoping we can get to all of it. Obviously, we had some stuff go down. Uh, I know you you did a Periscope live Periscope feed on a Saturday. I went on the the uh, the radio, our friends over at 100.1, the fan in Florence, was able to go talk to them about some Carolina baseball, Brian Bowen. Uh, no football, really. Obviously, we're in kind of a dead period. But, um, you know, was able to go talk to them. But as always, as we start our show, our overreaction of the week, Thomas, I'm going to let you start. Uh, Steve Spurrier flopped at the end of his career recruiting-wise. And one of champs, that's never happened to one of my as much as other people who claim to be sports journalists on Twitter say, but or former <laughs> sports journalists, excuse we're, me, we're not but, gonna, we're not even gonna bring up who that is. But nah. you, you're twenty, you're twenty dollars richer. I'm gonna give you that. Yeah. I don't know if you I, saw my tweet, but that yeah. I thought that was pretty clever. I mean, it's it's tough. I'm just, I knew, I knew when he, when this person said that, I knew they hadn't even read the article. They just saw the title and just automatically got triggered. 
Well, the funniest thing to me was like he, he admitted it when he said, "Isn't that what you said in the article?" It's like, well, what, don't you know what he said in the article? Yeah, <laughs> like no, you don't. I was just <laughs> like, dude, like, I was gonna be like, man, come on, like you could at least took it like they're taking the three minutes to go and read my eight hundred word article. Maybe it wasn't very long. It's a great article though. Plug myself here. Go Armchair Americans Cruden, South Carolina. Be up there. Great. Just go check it out if you haven't yet. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, we're going I'm gonna let you talk about it in a little bit because I definitely want you to break everything down. It was a great piece. If, like you said, if you haven't, yeah, if you're listening to the show and you haven't checked it out, please be, please, uh, please do so. So, uh, jumping in, Tom, my reaction of the week. You know, obviously South Carolina. We're gonna get to it in just a second, but South Carolina had a super regional this weekend against the Arkansas Razorbacks. Unfortunately, dropping two or three. Season comes to an end. Overall, a good season. Um, something I've been saying for a couple weeks though, and I actually said on 100.1 the fan in uh, Florence last week. In my personal opinion, and especially after watching Adam Hill pitch on Saturday against Arkansas, to me, it is so blatantly obvious that Adam Hill should return for his senior season. Now, he was a fourth-round draft pick. You know, I know everybody's going to bring that up. But, I mean, honestly, man, in my personal opinion, I I think Adam Hill has – I think he has Casey Mize-esque stuff. I mean, I think he could be an even higher draft pick. And to me, it's just kind of the deal – it's kind of a situation where – I mean, you were you were a Sunday starter your first two years. You finally get the opportunity to be the Friday night guy. And, I mean, he had a very, very pedestrian season after the two two games in which he struck out 14 batters. I mean, he yeah. was very underwhelming, you know, had real big control issues. And to me, you know, again, we're going to get into the baseball in just a second. But to me, I was more disappointed. I wasn't really that disappointed with Carmen Majinski and those guys on that last game when South Carolina – you know, got beat pretty bad 14 to four. It, to me, it's just more so the fact that you, you have your guy, Adam Hill, he has to show up and they really yeah. should have never been in that position. If Adam Hill just shows up, they could have won that game. They, they could have won that super regional in two games. So I don't know. I, I just think if you're Adam Hill, you have to feel like you got some more to prove. I, I don't know that he's going to come back. I really actually highly doubt it, but I don't know. To me, it just seems like, you know, another year of polishing your skills, you know, getting better with your control and then being a dominant Friday night guy in the SEC, I think would mean something to scouts, but yeah, what I do think I know? So he probably, what did he run? He get drafted in like the seventh or Four, he was like, fourth round. He was fourth oh, round. I mean, which is, okay. a, which is a pretty high pick, but I mean, I, like I, mean, I said, I mean, I think if he came out and absolutely, sh- I, I know people say, well, he's a senior, he won't have any leverage, but if he comes, if he came out and absolutely shoved next year, yeah, and dominated the SEC as a Friday night guy, especially like being some of the guys he would beat. I mean, on Friday night, you're going up against draft picks basically every Friday. I mean, I don't see how that could hurt his draft stock, in my opinion. I mean, especially if he shows that he's improved his control. Like that's that's his main. It's like he it's not like he doesn't have the pitches; he just can't throw a strike. Yeah, I mean, the best pitch in baseball is a strike, and I mean that's the biggest thing. Like you said, his stuff is there. It's just, and I'm like, that's what I try. You know, that's what I said on Twitter is that. You know, I was like, realistically, how can you watch this performance and think that Adam Hill shouldn't come back? And I had to follow that up. And I was just like, you know, I'm not saying he's throwing absolutely terribly, but like he he just he not bad. he's not maximizing his potential right now because he he can't fill the zone consistently. He's he's getting the fifth inning having 90 to 100 pitches. And it's just yeah, you can't knock himself out of a game so early. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see again <clears throat> if I had to put my money on it. I don't I think he'll go just because when guys get drafted, I feel like. If you're a top ten round draft pick, it's it's very very hard to turn that down. I mean, I almost 
I don't know. I mean, it, it's very hard to turn down, but I just think another year in the SEC being a Friday night guy would benefit him a lot. So we'll see what happens. Um, favorite news story of the week. I'll go first. Not sure if you saw. This was a really, really, really cool story. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of different outlets ran it. I know we kind of retweeted it, but it was on GoGameCox.com. Uh, I'm not sure if Gamecox Central, probably Big Spur, whoever. A lot of different outlets ran it. The Lego Williams Bryce that this kid and his dad built was so epic. And I know everybody knows what I'm talking about, but I, just such an awesome thing. I, I kind of wish he could like build a couple of those and I could have one yeah. in my in my man cave or living room or wherever. It's just I don't want to know how long so, so awesome. Dude, he he's been working on that since the start of last football season. Dude. I have no, I have no, no. I'm just I'm guessing, but I'm saying I have no doubt it took that long. Oh, at least that was an insane. Like, and how do you have pieces that look exactly like the stadium? He must have like <clears throat> he he's made some change on that stuff. Like he's invested. Some Dude, bad. he's been like a scavenger probably and pulled like five or six pieces from each set and, like, put them all together. Like He's probably had to be, like, scouting stuff, like, find something that looks similar to what the stadium does. And then and then you've got to think about, you have to scale it all to size. So, like, you have to have, like, the the right amount and then the right size yeah. pieces, too. That'd be, I don't know, I don't even know how you do that, like. It's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Crazy that people can do that. Like, it was, I mean, it was crazy awesome. And then he had, he had a picture of the hit, the clowny hit on the scoreboard that he built. It was, like, crazy. I mean, it was so it's awesome. Insane. So I guess I'll go for my story of the week. Not Gamecock or even football related <laughs> at all. It's uh, Kim Jong-un, the if you don't know who that is, the North Korean dictator. I'm assuming everyone knows who that is <laughs> by now. Him and Donald, President Donald Trump met this week. And um, I think Do- Dennis Rodman is like friends with Kim Jong-un maybe. Like, I don't know how that works. But he was like a mediator. And he was on CNN or Fox News, one of them, talking with, a Make America Great Again hat on and a shirt that said popcoin.com, which is a cryptocurrency for marijuana. Like people who sell and buy marijuana is a cryptocurrency for it. I just thought it was crazy that that's that, it, that you could tell someone from 1990 that Kim Jong un and Donald Trump were meeting in 2018 and Dennis Rodman was the like. The, I don't know. I don't know the I can't think of the word, but like the guy who like meet the mediator between them two. Like, this is insane to me that that's actually real life. Yeah, bro, you, I'm not going to lie with everything. You're, you're just – you're over my head. I don't even – I don't even pay attention to it anymore. But, no, I, I did see a little bit. But, yeah, you're – I'm uh, I'm not the guy to go to on this. So I'm going to take your word for it. I mean, I'm not, like, that insanely involved in politics, but I it just was cr- – like, it's crazy. Well, to me I mean, it's, it's less that. politics and more like a reality TV show with that, with that shit. Yeah, so. I, at this point, <laughs> I give up. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 like a, a bad reality TV show. All right, well, baseball time. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Nah, so obviously, moving into you know what just happened last night, South Carolina falls to, uh, two or three to Arkansas in the super regional round. Um, you know, I'll just kind of start talking overall. I mean, you know, it it really, I, I guess. Saturday, I'll say this, positive. Saturday was a great performance. LT Tolbert with the Grand Slam was awesome. Hunter Taylor, probably one of the most underrated players in the country. Oh, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, I'm thinking Friday, Saturday, Sunday. No, Saturday, Sunday, Monday series. The Sunday game, absolutely fantastic game. LT Tolbert, such a clutch hitter. Um, Unfortunately, he's probably going to be gone, too. He's a junior, got drafted, whatever. Um, You know, South Carolina, obviously, going into next season, got to replace a lot. But talking about this season, I mean, just – 
you know, it, it really hit me, I think. It, it really hit me yes, uh, last night watching the game. Um, you know, when obviously they're down like 12 to 2, you basically know it's over. And, you know, people probably saw I put out a tweet in the seventh inning basically just kind of saying like a, I got a little bit of my feels just talking about how great of a season it was and everything. And it really was. I mean, really being able to cover this team and kind of see where they started or where they ended up. I mean, I, I you know, was their biggest advocate in the preseason, should have been ranked and, you know, had their backs as well when they were losing some of those midweek games. And then, when, you know, this team to turn it around from 20 and 17 after losing a Presbyterian when, I mean, I, I remember it. I mean, I remember Gamecock Twitter vividly after that game, just being so down, you know, people not even thinking they're going to make the postseason. It's a rebuilding year. And this team to turn it around the way they did, winning those last five SEC series in a row, um, you know, winning a game in Hoover, obviously didn't go out exactly how they wanted in Hoover, but, you know, sweeping through the regional round. And then, I mean, really giving Arkansas all they could handle. I mean, obviously taking them to game three in bomb stadium, not an easy task. Arkansas was the five, number five overall seed. Um, just a, just a great job by coach Kingston and his staff. I mean, one thing that we didn't talk about that I want to bring up too, um, it's a little bit of shift of gears. I'm sure you saw this time, but South Carolina had, I believe, 10 guys, 10 or 11 guys drafted in an MLB draft. It was the most since 2002. And, you know, I had to throw, throw, throw a little shade at uh, our old head coach and basically some fans, too, that were thinking that South Carolina didn't have the talent the last couple of years. It's like, well, that well, basically disproves everything you thought about that. I mean, basically, so. <laughs> me, I mean, I, obviously, I don't keep up a lot with baseball. That's just, like, not my thing, but – just from what I've seen, like from recently hearing people talk, is that the team was good and we had good hitting. And it's just after you get past Adam Hill and Cody Morris, you were just lost for pitching, really. Most of the, most of the time, at least, or a good amount of time. Because you see in the midweek games, we lose to Presbyterian and College of Charleston. And just that's why the record was like not that great because we didn't have that great of pitching to back us up in midweek games. And obviously it showed because I basically told my friends, I was like, if Carolina goes three games to Arkansas, they're going to get blown out the third game because they are not going to have the pitch and survive. And it wasn't all – how do you say Majelinski? Majinski. Majinski. I mean, there was an error in the first inning that kind of led to the three-home bomb that he gave up. But I just it's hard to give up 14 runs in the Super Regional game and not lose. Oh, of course. And I mean, I, here's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and say Majinski threw great or anything. I mean, Arkansas, listen, Arkansas is a great offense. Yeah, team. No, they're I number mean, five they're, team in the country for a reason. Yeah, they, I mean, they can absolutely swing the bats. But I, I will say in Majinski's defense, like you said, you brought up the, the botch double play, which was kind of a weird situation. I mean, South Carolina was in a shift. It was just kind of the, I mean, look, listen, you know, Monday night was the perfect storm for all, for everything to go wrong. I mean, I, I thought yeah. – I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'll be completely honest. I'm as optimistic a fan as they come. I did not feel great going into that game last night just because, again, if nothing else, even if South Carolina played its best game, it's game three to go to Omaha at their place. So, yeah. I mean, I just – I couldn't – it was hard for me to envision a scenario where, you know, Arkansas lost that game at home. But like I was going to say, in my defense of Majinski, I mean, I, I, I didn't think I, – I, you know, I don't want to be this guy, but that – that umpire, I thought, really, really squeezed him in the first inning. I mean, again, not to say that Majinski was making some great pitches, but was he the same umpire? Was he the same the whole weekend? No, they rotate, so they they don't they okay. don't keep the same guy behind home behind home plate. Well, the the guy umpire was behind when 
I think it was Sunday. He was calling the strike zone like an MLB strike zone because he was like, if you were barely off the edge, he wasn't caught. He wasn't giving did you, you anything. Let me ask you this: Did you watch? Like, how much of the games did you watch? Sunday, I watched the whole thing, and Friday, I watched a good bit, and then Monday, I was at a youth group, and I like checked my phone. We were down five to nothing, so I just was like, there's no point in watching it. So I didn't didn't catch what any. Is the, what? What, what? Let me ask you this question. What does the phrase "hobnoxious" mean to you? I uh, I don't know what that means. You don't? Oh, you don't know. So you didn't see the guy? You you had to have seen it on Instagram. You talking about the guy, the Arkansas fan that was the like the entire time? So yeah, his nickname yeah. is "hobnoxious." Oh yeah, that's I know that. Yes. I saw that. I watched that, and I was like, "Boss hog" or something. Yeah. I was like, "Why do you?" Dude was an absolute that? clown. Dude, the, hey, and he was back too uh, last night. He was back in his like. I guess he's probably a season ticket holder. Yeah. So he was back, and he was. I thought it was like the worst thing ever because I mean they're up seven nothing, so you can't say anything. Yeah. But they showed Hobnoxious, and he was pointing with one hand. The other hand, he had like a a fake dead chicken and was just swinging it back and forth. And I was like, That's just oh so weird. Someone Bro, they, they gave him, yeah, they gave him so much unreal airtime. I didn't send this tweet out, but I wanted to send out a tweet and say, somebody send Hobnoxious this film. And I was just going to put highlights from the Arkansas South Carolina game last year. I saw where Elliot Fry tweeted. This was hilarious. He was like, I forgot how like obnoxious Arkansas fans were, and then I remember I tweeted about scoring more points than their entire team did one year. Dude, <laughs> like, probably, they played no, them one year. I was gonna say I saw that tweet. Yeah, that that year in 2013, the score was like 52 to seven. Like it was an absolute beatdown. So yeah. he he has a, he has a great point. But uh, I was gonna say probably my favorite tweet of the weekend was a guy that said before this weekend I didn't know that Arkansas fans a were obnoxious and b existed. Yeah, I didn't know Arkansas <laughs> I fans. Like, I was like, wow, I didn't. I was like, I did not know like there were that many Arkansas fans that would fill yeah. a ten thousand seat baseball stadium. But I didn't know they. I didn't know they had. A, I knew their baseball team was good because I'm a Red Sox fan, sort of. And Ben and Tindy, the uh, yeah, left fielder yeah, for the Red Sox, Arkansas. came from Arkansas, and that's like, <clears> I knew they were like kind of good at baseball, but I didn't really know a lot. Yeah, I mean, they just haven't had like the historic. I mean, they've had some, they've had success. Program, I think it's just different because they're in the West. So, I mean, you just don't, we, you know, South Ground up and playing every year. You don't. It's kind of like football too. I mean, obviously, we're way more familiar with Arkansas and football because we used to play them every yeah. single year. But it's just like. You're just not really familiar with them, not familiar with anything they do or anything like that or whatever. But yeah, Hobnox just got a lot of airtime, a lot of airtime this week. He he was feeling himself, and he I mean he had a freaking fool on Sunday, dude. Big Cat so, tweeted out a thing of the video of it was like he's the ultimate intimidation factor. I was like, no, he's dude, just, like he's just a douchebag. Like, dude, I was gonna I, I was gonna ask you though, do you know any Gamecock fans like that? You think I could be cocknoxious? I don't know anyone like that, but I don't want anyone to be like that. So you, no. you think I could be? I, I was thinking about it. Maybe I could be cocknoxious. I don't. I, that mm-hmm. sounds pretty dirty, though. Yeah, I don't know how that would go <laughs> over with cocknoxious. Do we get a lot of really weird tweets? See, here's the thing, too. That the the announcing guy. I know they were trying to make a joke out of it. They're like, yeah, if we were in if we were in Founders Park, you'd be you'd be seeing the same thing. These fans going crazy. I'm like, no, I don't think there's a guy at Founders Park like that. I really don't. I mean, there's the. The Gamecock Jesus, there's the Gamecock Jesus dude for basketball games, but literally all he does is like bang on the yeah, he, stairs he's not, the yeah, but he, he's not like getting, he's not in like people's faces or anything. He, he's not like that, I don't think. 
He's never pointed at a ref for like six minutes straight and stared him down. (laughs) And then they, you know what the funny thing was last night, I don't know if they did this on Sunday, but last night they panned out and it's not just him. There's like four dudes standing next to him. So, I mean, it was literally the dumbest thing because our bat, like our hitter would, we would call timeout and they thought it was, I mean, I guess they just were set on blaming the umpire. And you know how like an umpire calls time, he like waves his hands like time, time. So when he called time, the whole crowd would oh, they just show these four guys all doing like the time signal, the were, time motion, like oh, they were like, so dude, the pattern all the time, like wh- like why are you giving the umpire shit? Like your pitcher's taking forever. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this dude, uh, it was dudes are too much. I, I mean, I gotta be honest. As much as I hated losing the game, I, I thought Hobnoxious was. One percent of me, I was like, that guy's kind of funny, actually. It's a little funny, but it's like at the same time, I'm like, all it right, was ridiculous. Like, it yeah, was. It's a little it, unnecessary. It was funny at first. It got it got it got over the top ridiculous. Yeah, when he I, stared I at him for like it seemed like fifteen minutes straight. I was like, all right, dude, like it's calming down. Yeah, somebody here. somebody else tweeted was like, the funny thing is that Arkansas fans don't realize this guy's gonna be the face of their program like the next ten years because yeah. that's all people are gonna think about. And I thought about that. I was like, you know what? You're right because honestly, if a South Carolina fan did that, I'd be so embarrassed. I'd be like, oh yeah. my god, like somebody tell that dude to sit down. So yeah. all right, all right, and enough of the hobnoxious talk. Um, Going to get into some football. Obviously, it's, you know, again, I want to make sure I cover everything because a lot has happened. Um, first things first, Josh Belt, officially a Gamecock. It was announced boom. what last week. Yeah, boom, spurs up. Yeah. Uh, last week, Josh Belt announcing what a lot of people thought he would be um, attending South Carolina. I think right now, from what I've seen, he's applying for a, what, a hardship? Yeah, hardship so he can waiver. Play, so he, hardship waiver, so he can play immediately. It's a long shot, I mean, but he, he's yeah, worth either, it. Either way, he's going to be a Gamecock. He's going to be wearing garnet and black. He's going to be on – he's not already – he's going to be on campus this fall, no matter what. Yeah. So, uh, about to say, I don't know, think he's Tom, on campus right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, the only reason I was about to say he's on campus right now is I saw him at the camp this past weekend nah, talking to Javon Kinlaw and all that. You see the monster that is Javon Kinlaw, dude. I I follow him follow him on Instagram. I I know he's a beast. I mean, he liked one of the he liked my comment on the um something when you tagged me in that picture of him. He liked my comment back when I was like, "Dude is a monster" or whatever. I said back, he "Oh liked yeah, him. dude, dude, he's cool as hell on social yeah. media." I'm pretty sure he liked my picture. I'm pretty sure he liked when I quote tweeted and said Javon Kinlaw is a different breed of human beings, and I said he liked that too. So, dude, we, we I remember Javon this was. I mean, this was this was late. Jan- I mean, this was like late January. So this was a while ago. He tweeted, you know, he's changing numbers. He's not going to be ninety nine anymore. What's he going to be? I don't know, but I tweeted. I was like, please let Javon Kinlaw or please let at whatever his his he's got a weird Twitter handle. Yeah. I was like, please let at Javon Kinlaw be in a single digit jersey. He's like, I need it. He li- he liked number one. So number one. I'm pretty dude. Let's I swear there. to God, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he's going to be in a single digit jersey. Like That's I'm not insane. even BSing. So he's definitely he's definitely changing his number. He's already said that. He's well, tweeted that like multiple times. Well, he's got he's been wearing ninety nine in practice though. I don't know. I that, mean, he that, probably that won't start wearing it until fall of the first game. But he's not gonna. Yeah, he's not gonna want anybody to know. So he's not gonna wear. Dude, it they probably won't get his new number until they get everybody on campus on, in, in, yeah, the, uh, in the fall. Sure then they start dishing out numbers. Did you see the picture today? They, the Gamecock football tweet out of all the DBs with Brian Edwards in it. Yeah, I did. That okay, was funny. did you see J.C. Horn and how big he is? Like, yeah, I saw. Uh, kid is a freak. Yeah, I saw uh, our buddy Rob Prophet 
So that hold on, what is he? He's the one on the far right, right? Yeah, far right. Yeah, he's tall as hell. He's, I mean, he's tall well, as Brian Edwards. Look at well, look basically. at Mukwamu, whatever how you say his last name. And he's like leaning. He's almost on his like his arms are humongous. <laughs> that kid yeah, should be that kid should huge. be a shutdown. He's corner. huge. He's huge, dude. Like if he's you get a jump all over him, we just you just gotta sit him down and be like, all right, dude. Yeah, you had one job. Yeah. All right. Anyway, get back. We're getting off on a tangent. Get back to Josh Belt. Tom, talk about, you know, obviously a lot of people kind of speculated. I, you know, I think Josh Belt kind of played with our emotions as far as visiting Georgia and wherever else he went. Talk about Josh Belt, you know, what it means for obviously this defensive, you know, defensive line class is 2019. Or I guess he wouldn't be technically part of the 2019 he's, class. But he's a part of the, well, he's <clears throat> a part of the 2019 class scholarship wise. Right. Not. Right. Like he's already graduated high school, obviously. So he's right. not really twenty nineteen. Right. So Tom, just break down, talk a little bit about you know your kind of your thoughts on Josh Bell, his impact, if 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 he okay. is eligible, if he's not, just overall what it means. Well, he if he was eligible, he he might break the two deep. I th- I think he would probably break the two deep and be a rotational player if he fixes his motor. But the thing is, his high school film was just like is really bad. Well, not really his high school as a whole, but his senior film was really bad. He basically couldn't dominate or even come close to that in the single level in, in um, South Carolina High School League, which is not the best football in the world. So I don't really – kind of makes me hesitate there. But he had, like, extremely good practices the Army All-American game. So that's why he got his five starters for um 24-7 sports. But, I mean, he's a – He's a nose. He's a definition of a nose guard or nose tackle. I mean, he's just is a guy that's. He could be really, really good if he has the worth ethic like Javon Kinlaw has. When you see the transformation Javon's had to his body, if Belt can come close to that, kid could be a top three round pick in my opinion. And I'm not that great at evaluating that kind of stuff, but he's he's got the ability. It's just whether or not he's got the want to, and that's two completely different things. Yeah, no, I, you know, from what you've said, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I, I'll say from just kind of an outsider looking in, because honestly, I have not watched his high school film. I mean, you know, I think it's, I mean, it's a huge gift for the Gamecocks. And we, we talked about, obviously, we've yeah. beaten, a, beaten a dead horse talking about, the, you know, exactly how the last recruiting cycle or recruiting class went and the guys that South Carolina missed on. And yeah. uh, I, I love a tweet that, you know, I keep I keep talking about Rob. Probably we just got to get Rob on the show, man. Yeah. We keep we keep bringing him up. But he he put out a tweet tonight that I really liked. Literally, probably thirty minutes ago. I'm bringing it up here. He said the one thing I've learned from Will Muschamp is that it's never over. Clemson literally signed Josh Belk, and Belk still decided that that was the wrong decision and came to South Carolina. It's never over. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I mean, it, I don't think know, he had any contact with him when he was on campus because I don't know, but I think as soon as he is the word got to Muschamp that Belk hated it there, he was probably. Oh yeah, I mean Belk literally said it, it picked up right where it left off, and he said the yeah. biggest thing that he said the biggest thing that he really appreciated was that when Belk told him he was committing to Clemson, they were just like, "Hey, best of luck," you know, whatever, mm-hmm. not a big deal. I I really wonder if the, uh, you know, I, I wonder how if the Clemson staff reacts quite quite the same as uh as much champion his boys do, but I guess we'll never know. No, I mean, <laughs> we're never going to hear that kind of info, but I guess you want to hit on Joseph Anderson real quick and the rest of the guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, okay. a lot of other commits. I'll, I'll four star, yeah, go ahead. All right, well, we got a four-star defensive end, Joseph Anderson from Tennessee. He's a, he's probably closer to what you would see with Kier Thomas maybe. I wouldn't think 
Uh, he'd be more of a true end. I don't really think he'd play the buck a lot, but if he could, if he slims down a little bit, a little bit of a bigger guy, um, could be a really good player. He's just a, just another really talented guy. They're going to bring in a top 150 player. Gonna gonna have a big impact if he gets his weight right. Um, next to committed is three star outside linebacker Derek Boykins. Reminds me a lot of Sky Moore. Moves really well in coverage. Can't he is a really good tackler. Has a has a nose for the ball like Sky did. And then running back Kevin Harris. He I think he's a three star now. I think twenty four seven Sports gave him a rating. And I mean his composite's like a point eight something, like a point like a mid point eight eight five I think. But a guy that just I don't know why he hasn't got any attention. But his last his junior year of film is insane to me. He, he I swear I think on every play he made three people miss. Like just that. Elusive runner. He's a big kid too. Runs a four or five and had like a thirty something inch vert. So could be a really really big player for South Carolina going forward if he stays his commitment and ends up being a, like a a really good back. But we're three years out from knowing that. So yeah, no. And you know the funny thing again, I'm you're the recruiting guru, Tom. I don't normally. I'll be honest. I I don't normally watch film on guys unless it's you know, a big-time guy or there's kind of hype around or buzz around a guy. But I, I, I did watch the film because I saw you and Alex, Alex yeah. Reynolds talking about it, uh, Kevin Harris's film. I had to watch it. I mean, he looks – granted, you know, against high school competition, high yeah. school kids, but he is – he's definitely a level above. I mean, he he's – and he's huge. No, there's no question. He is yeah. – he's a big boy. He, he can, can move. He can scoot, <laughs> put it that way. Yeah. So um, another, you know, obviously more recruiting news coming out tomorrow or when you hear this, it'll be tonight. Savion Jackson making his decision on Wednesday. Tom, talk about kind of your thoughts. What are the chances South Carolina is able to land him? Um, I would think right now he's like his top five is like South Carolina, NC State, Clemson. And there's two others I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's really between NC State and South Carolina from what I've heard and read. But just a guy who would be, I mean, it, if he comes in this class and they add like a Curtis Fan Jr. or another another really just really quality defense lineman, it could be it could end up being the best defensive line like class that's ever come through South Carolina because they're just from top to bottom. You're having players who I mean, at top obviously you have Zach Pickens, who's the, one of the best, if not the best, defensive ends in the nation, and then on the bottom you have like I guess Rodriguez Fenton and Devontae Davis, who are both top. Devontae Davis is a top defensive end in JUCO, and Rodriguez Fenton has always has been climbing up boards since he got offered by Mustang, which is usually how it works for Cruz. But Savion would just be a like a really good cherry on top for this defense in this class. Yeah, and the other two. I was just say the other two are North Carolina and Virginia Tech. By the way. Oh uh, well, yeah, I I think it I think it's seventy thirty South Carolina. I would. I would be shocked if he committed to NC State tomorrow night. But if, yeah. even if he does commit to South Carolina, NC State's obviously still going to be in his ear unless he just, like, is like, all right, we had our run. Like, stop communicating with me. Yeah. Where is he from? Do you know that? He's 30 minutes outside of Raleigh, which is Okay, so that's why. That's why NC State yeah. is so big in the picture. That's why they think – that's why they're thinking they have, like, a really, really good chance. But right. he can pull a – something on everybody and just commit to Virginia Tech. Who knows? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, you know, I agree. It'll be very, very interesting. I mean, again, you know, Will Muschamp making headway. I mean, yeah, the work they've been doing is crazy. I want to get, I want to get you to talk about your article in just a second, but it's funny. I, I'm just because I had this on my mind. I was just thinking about all the defensive linemen, obviously they're bringing in. I'll tell you this, not even recruiting current Gamecocks. 
the one guy that I got my eye on this year as far as a surprise D-line, I feel like nobody's talking about. He was a pretty fairly highly regarded recruit, played a little bit as a freshman, but Dude, I think Aaron Sterling could have yeah, he's, a DJ Wanamask kind of year. He's a little I mean, I undersized, think, but he could be like hit undersized like height wise. He's him and Bryce. Knight I mean, he played he played well last year. Yeah, I mean, he played well last. year. I mean, he's year. another just under recruited guy that much champs bringing in and is just gonna can end up being a really really good player for us. Yeah, I don't know. I just and Shamik Blackshear too. No one's. I for, yeah, I keep forgetting I, he's on the roster. I thought he was a senior last year. That's the funniest thing. I mean. He, they're going to need – he's going to have to step up. I mean, dude, yeah. I remember when he came on campus, he was supposed to be like – The next clowny. The next clowny, yeah, exactly. Like, he was the yeah. guy. I and mean, then he had that, he, he had that huge that thing where he, like, got shot in the leg. You remember that? He got, like, shot yeah. or something. I mean, he, he had some his, character issues. Yeah, his progression to where he is now has been crazy. And, I mean, you just have to hope he's the kind of guy that's just going to put it all together for his senior year. And, I mean, not be, like, clowny-esque, but at least be a solid option. If he could have least, five or six sacks, that would be huge. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Oh, I'd take that in a heart. I'd take that right now, if you were to ask me. Take five or yeah. six sacks, or you can just roll the dice. I'd take the six sacks. Yeah, That'd be a great year for him. Six sacks so, and eight tackles for loss, like, every day. I'll take that. I mean, South day. Carolina only had, I think, 26 sacks on the year last year. And DJ so, Wanham had, like, eight of them, so... Yeah. Tells you. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tom. Uh, I was just looking. It's ironic. I was just looking on Twitter. Um, the article you put out this morning, I guess it was, up to about eighty-three likes, nineteen retweets. Has been getting a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of traffic, a lot of love, a lot of traffic, a lot of reactions. Talk a little bit about the title. Um, South Carolina recruiting will must chance building something better than Steve Spurrier ever did. Just talk because I, you know, I think it's a really, really interesting article and a. You know, obviously a really interesting take as well. Talk a little bit about, you know, just kind of your uh, the article you put out today. Well, I started – well, okay, I'm just going to go to the beginning. I started watching the film last night from when – the spring game from this year, the 2018 spring game. I was in, like, the second quarter, and it was about to be – I knew the Steve Spurrier catch had happened, but I missed this detail before watching the spring game before. And Spurrier misses the ball and drops it. There's a video in the article, if you want to go watch it, of him dropping the ball. And – when he's getting interviewed by the girl on SEC Network, I can't think of her name. Lauren Reynolds, I think that, no, that's a worker with us. Uh, I can't think of her <laughs> name, but Laura Rulledge, I think that's it. But um, something yeah, I like love that. Rulledge, something yeah. like that. But um, so he was sitting there talking, and he goes, "Well, you know, you know, Scarnicky was putting good drive here there because he talks in that really high pitched voice." But um, <laughs> that's good. That's great. But that's he um, great. I was just like, and I was, I was sitting there, I was like, Scarnicky didn't throw that ball. And I look and I rewind it and I was like, that was Jake Bentley. And it just hit me how, and it, oh, I know, I know, I, wrote, I said in the article, I said, it's he, the quarterback was on the other side of the field, 12 and 19 sort of look alike, I guess. And I don't expect him to be paying that much attention to who's throwing the ball, but it just shows how, like, how much he just genuinely just didn't care. Like, they were like, how much his, in, his inattention to detail showed. And, through his last couple of years at Carolina, whether it be after Clown, I think after Clowney's class, I think that's 2011 maybe, it just was when it all started to just kind of like go downhill when, in terms of recruiting with evaluation of players and stuff like that. Because, I mean, if you don't know this, Mason Rudolph was in, oh yeah, was a mm. player who Steve Spurrier Jr. said no to, and he went to Oklahoma State and killed it for four years and is now <laughs> playing quarterback and is going to be a, a Probably the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers in a couple of years, but we wanted Perry Orth and 
uh, what's the other guys that the Connor Mitch dude? Isn't that his? Oh yeah, name? Connor. Oh god, yeah, Connor. Yeah, is the. But <laughs> it just shows That's... how bad the evaluation was, and this the thing that sets the cornerstone for Spurrier absolutely sucking in recruiting his last couple of years when we handed down to his son and just his lack of care is that he didn't know Raquan McMillan's name. He did not know who Raquan McMillan was. For those of you who don't know who Raquan McMillan was, he was a linebacker for Ohio State those three years that they were in the playoff, even though they got smacked by Clemson one of those years. But they, they obviously won a national championship. And he was a top 25 player in the 2014 recruiting class, the best linebacker. And he, he didn't, didn't think of his he, name. He didn't, just to clarify, he didn't know who he was when he was on campus. When yeah. He was he, in Columbia. He came to a visit, and basically they were talking. Spurrier was like, what's your name again? And it, McMillan said that in an interview. That he was like, yeah, I didn't know who I was. But here's what I really want to talk about. And this isn't about NFL success. I'm talking about players that are going to come play at Carolina. I don't. I don't want to say I don't care what they do in the NFL. I hope they have great careers, but it doesn't affect South Carolina within itself. These players that Will Muschamp is recruiting, you can tell, are like blue-collar and work hard just like him. At least 95% of them are like that. And you see it with – because Muschamp dedicates so much time to recruiting and watching film. Like, Muschamp is the recruiting coordinator. The players don't get offers unless it's through Muschamp or he gives the okay on the player. And after – I remember Muschamp's interview, he talked about how, you know, if you don't think I can recruit, look at my wife. I can sell ice to an ice to, um, what is it? Uh, Eskimo. Eskimo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the funniest lines I think I've ever heard out of a coach, but, um, it just, he just cares so much about recruiting and he cares about players. Cause I mean, there's been videos of him helping players move in and you know, just stuff like that. This, most coaches, I don't think they do that, but it's just huge to me that you, when you have a coach who cares about players and, as soon as Muschamp's press conference got got done with, he went and visited T.J. Brunson, and Brunson committed to Carolina like a week or two after and was a core special teams player two years ago. Last year he was a starting middle linebacker beside Sky Moore, was second on the team in tackles, probably would end up being one of the better linebackers to ever play at South Carolina. And that was the first player Muschamp went and visited, and it just shows you his attention to detail and knowing that he wanted that kid. It was a kid he could get because it's hard for you to be coming off 39 season and get recruits that are like, I guess, big name. Like, it's not going to be easy. And Muschamp's putting in the work, and I just love – I really love to see it because it's such a – like a refreshing thing to have is that a, co- a head coach is so part of everything. And it's not just what Spurrier was in his latter years and really just an offense coordinator, and that's all he was. He didn't do anything recruiting-wise. It didn't help. Wouldn't play golf five days out of the week, probably if you could. Just, <laughs> I just, and I just, I just can't explain how much I really, and I don't say like I love him much, I'm like it's not, but I love how much effort he puts into South Carolina, how much he cares about the university. And he says, I remember in one of his, when he was speaking to the players at the end, at the end of the um, Outback Bowl in the locker room, he was like, the crazy thing is, like, we're just getting started. And it's, it's true. They are just getting started. And it's going to be, I think in Muschamp, as long as he stays South Carolina, it doesn't just get a better job offer somewhere else. They could have a – this could be a really long and successful run with Muschamp. And even if Muschamp leaves, like I would take T-Rob or Brian McClendon as a head coach here. I would love to have either of them because I know how much they care about recruiting too and winning too, obviously. But I just – you really love to see it with Muschamp and how much he cares about the program. Yeah, no, well said. I mean, I, you know, I, I definitely think, you know, for a guy like you that loves to watch film and loves, obviously, I mean, you love recruiting to, you know, some, 
some aspect as well. I mean, love to watch film on the high school kids and get the commitment. Yeah. Obviously, it's, it's exciting. You know, it's, it is exciting when you get like a big time commit. Even, you know, even me not being, you know, I, I've said before, the only reason I'm not like, a, I mean, I, I care about recruiting. I do. And, and, but I'm not as diehard as some others because I realize that these kids can just say anything. And really, until yeah. they put pen to paper, it's it doesn't mean anything if they commit or they don't commit or whatever. And, and obviously like you're saying, you'll never know how good a recruit is until he's been on campus two years, three years, whatever, you know, because obviously the rankings are what they are, but you know, there is obviously is something to it because if Alabama is number one recruiting every year and they're winning the national championship, there's something to that. Yeah. Um, obviously recruiting is important. It's the life, it's the lifeblood of college football, like you're saying, but yeah, I know to you, I mean, for you to be able to, you know, watch film on these guys and they commit to South Carolina. You see how good they look on film. And obviously, you know, you can just tell Muschamp, he loves to recruit. I mean, he really, I think and he, the bigger thing, not so much, he loves to recruit, but I think also he really values like having relationships with the kids yeah. and their families and all that. Whereas Spurrier really just could not give less of a shit. I yeah, mean, he was there, he was there to call plays on Saturdays, basically. Yeah, last pretty much. I mean, I'll tell you this, man. You're talking about, like, kind of when the recruiting fell off. I mean, I could tell you. I could see it. The funny thing is, I think South Carolina fans, at least the ones that really – the diehard ones that kind of knew that knew football, and you, you could see it. I mean, I remember going to South Carolina, East Carolina in 2012. That was the game Dylan Thompson started. And, I mean, they beat the shit out of East Carolina, whatever. But I remember being at that game probably late third quarter, early fourth quarter. You know, they had put the second team defense in. And that was when Clowney was obviously – that was Clowney's huge year. I mean, that was a, yeah. that was a, another 11-win season for Carolina football. But you could see when they put that second-team defense in, I mean, you could see just how how bad the backup D-line And was. I guess they I mean, that's when they had like – the difference. That, that's when they had like – I was going to say they had like Gerald Dixon on the D-line. They Jesus had Christ. Gerald Dixon, but his brother – I mean, it's just like – you could half brother. how bad it looked. I mean, you, yeah. you could see, I mean, because I remember them being in there. I remember them being, I mean, all day long, clowning those guys. They're just, they're breathing down the East Carolina quarterback's neck. You put in that second team D line. I mean, it's just like nothing. And it showed, it showed in 2014, like you've said before. Yeah. I mean, it, it showed. It was absolutely disastrous. On well, they got murdered the first game against A&M and Kenny Trill destroyed every record that Johnny Manziel ever had in his first game, like. I mean, I remember being there. I remember being there in 2014, that first game. And I, I mean, South Carolina was a top 10 ranked team, the first game ever We're on SEC four. Network. Yes, first ever game on SEC Network. And, I mean, this just it, hard, harsh, harsh reality very quickly. I don't know how Lorenzo Ward has a job at any school ever again. <laughs> Still haven't figured yeah. that one out. Yeah, I mean – I don't, I don't know, but I, 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 you know, the funny thing to me is, is that cause I, I look at it as from the, you know, obviously, because it was funny when Spurrier left, when he, when he quit, we're just going to say what yeah, we're going to call it what it is when he quit, when he quit, you know, I had a lot of people coming to me, fans that knew, knew I was a Gamecock fan that were people talking to me were not Gamecock fans. They really had no dog in the fight. They weren't Georgia Clemson. They, these guys were actually from like across the country, guys that I played baseball with and knew through college and stuff. And they basically were like bad mouth and Spurrier basically saying he's a quitter. He screwed you guys. And, you know, when it first happened and even a while after, I mean, the way I looked at it was, you know what, it sucks. It's really crappy. But, you know, I think South Carolina's South Carolina fans and probably rightfully so felt indebted to Steve Spurrier because he provided Gamecock fans. I mean, let's be honest, their best memories as a South Carolina football fan. I mean, yeah, that to, I mean, that's what, what I would I mean, 
I look back now and I'm like, man, like I can't believe we really took we took it for granted a little bit how good the teams were and how you know you just we just expected to win ten games, eleven games. And it's like you know once it got as bad as it got when you're three and nine, it's like wow, like you know we had a hot stretch. But I will say to your point, what I think is really interesting. I mean, South Carolina to me, you look at it, it's like. What would be because basically, you know, your article talked about that, you know, Will Muschamp, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Will Muschamp, yeah, building something better than what Steve Spurrier ever did. I mean, I think even if South Carolina, because I think South Carolina's, if they can continue to recruit like they're doing, which it does not, I mean, they're not going to slow down anytime soon. Will Muschamp's not yeah. going to slow down anytime soon. I mean, I think they really do have the potential to build the type of program where. They might not go to Atlanta every year. They might not be – who knows? I don't – you know, it's hard to predict will, will they be in the, the, the talk for the national championship every year, every other year, or once every five years. It's hard to predict that. But as far as the SEC goes, I think they're building the type of program right now where, like you said, Spurrier had that hot three-year run and then it just fell off. I think the sustained success under Will Muschamp is much, much more possible. I think this is kind of the program where they're going to win – eight and nine at least eight probably nine games a year and then yeah. once every three or four years they might catch lightning in a bottle win 10 or 11 and go to atlanta and you know once you get to atlanta anything can happen so i mean i think as a gamecock fan though i can i can say i can honestly say that i would i would be happier having let's just say must champs here for 10 more years i would be happier having must champ having eight, nine win seasons and two appearances at Atlanta and one SEC championship than having only three 11 win seasons. You know what I mean? Like With no SEC East that, title. Yeah, that sustained success, I think, is more important. It's, I mean, it's way more important to the, tra- tra- the trajectory of the program. But, I mean, like you said, with all the success that, that Spurrier had, I mean, it was just so short-lived. And, I mean, again, you think about it. I mean, it's a program in all reality. South Carolina has won nine games seven times in their history. Yeah, I mean, the program's been it, around for 120 years. Yeah, and I think Muschamp is building the type of program where I think nine wins is going to be like you can, you know, that should be expected. I mean, you, yeah, that's I think an okay he's building year. the kind of program that can it can sustain because you know I talked about this with Barrett Salee. We we had Barrett Salee on the show like two months ago or so, and you know he basically told me the same exact thing. He's like, you know, because I, I think we talked a little. I wasn't sure. I think we talked a little bit about the Spurrier era and kind of. Is South kind of getting back? And he, you know, he kind of echoed the same thing. He's saying, well, you know, Will Muschamp's building the kind of program that South Carolina should be happy with, you know, winning nine games, eight to nine, maybe winning 10, and once every three years or so, catching lightning in a bottle and going to Atlanta. And I straight up told Barrett, I was like, Barrett, I will tell you from a Gamecock fan perspective, and if they tell you that anything different than this, they're lying, there is no Gamecock fan that would not sign up for that. To win yeah. nine games every year, I Four mean – like, yeah, after going, yeah, I mean, after the many, many disappointing years and then going three and nine, I mean, that, that, I think Gamecock fans would be ecstatic to have a program like that. So, yeah, it would be I crazy. Definitely, I definitely agree with you 100%. I just think he's, you know, and I mean, again, the sky's the limit. I mean, I saw a tweet that was really interesting. I, I don't, I don't know, you know, what your take on this is, but I saw a tweet that basically said that maybe Clemson winning the national championship and the success they've had could possibly be one of the best things that's ever happened for South Carolina because, they know they're having to elevate their level of recruiting, their level of play, and you know, I, you know, well, I, I don't know if there's ever any... happened. Uh, Clemson was Steve Spurrier cutting their ass five years <laughs> in a row. Like, yeah, really, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. But I mean, you know, I don't want to put a cap on this program because I, I like to believe this program could 
at, you know, some point put the pieces all together. And I mean, you need to, you got to win the sec first. You, you got to get yeah. back to Atlanta first and you got to slay the dragon that is Alabama. But I mean, you know, all it takes is one, again, one season lightning in a bottle. If you have the athletes, I mean, I, I like to believe that you don't have to necessarily put a cap on this program. They could eventually win a national championship. So, and I think, you know, Will Muschamp, as far as, if you look to the history of college, I know it's early. It's only his third recruiting class. But, again, I just don't see a scenario where Will, Will Muschamp is going to slow down anytime soon. If you really look at the history of South Carolina football and the coaches that have come through, I think, realistically, you could almost say that Will Muschamp gives them the best chance that, that they've ever had to win the SEC as far as how he's recruiting. And, again, to have sustained success. Because, again, I mean, if South Carolina 10 years in a row, if they win nine games, I mean – Listen, if they're winning eight plus two years in a row. He could what's ten times eight? Eighty. He'd be the winningest coach in South Carolina history. Yeah, I mean the thing is, not not every nine and three season is built the same. I mean, yeah. because you look at this year. I mean, obviously, if you say nine and three right now, you're thinking lost to Georgia, lost to Clemson, and there's going to be one more in there somewhere. And that that Correct. one more would be exactly. It'd be very important which one that was. It better be to a. It better be to like an upstart Florida team or something. You know, yeah. none of the others would make sense. But I mean. If, if, if he goes back to back and his team wins nine, ten, if they go, something crazy happens, they win eleven. I mean, you know, it, it, I think it could be the start to one of again another another huge run like we saw those Spurrier years. So I mean, I know we're getting a lot of ourselves, but basically, long story short, what I'm saying, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I think South Carolina football is in a really good spot as far as having sustained success over a long period of time. I think Will Muschamp gives them the best opportunity they've ever had to do that. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Anyways, moving to basketball. Yeah, again, great piece by Tom. If you haven't checked it out, please go to armchellamericans.com under South Carolina Gamecocks, under recruiting, whatever. Please, on our Twitter, please check it out. It's a great article. Uh, again, we've had a ton of interaction already. It's definitely worth the read. So, um, a little bit of basketball. I just want to touch on really, really quickly. I know this happened last week, but, again, we were, we were uh, on a little hiatus last week. want to talk – Brian Bowen. So obviously kind of what we expected again, you know, Tom, Brian Bowen's declaring for the draft. Um, Then the funniest thing happens. He actually decides he's not going to enter the draft. And I think just try to go the G league route. I mean, really the question to me, Tom, I mean, how badly did the NCAA screw over Bowen in this situation? Because they still didn't give him, give him an actual, uh, an actual answer on, on his fate, I guess. Yeah, it was really bad. I just, I think, I guess my thing is that obviously he got told some bad stuff from scouts. If he's pulling his name out of the draft, like obviously he's not going to get drafted. And I think part of me is saying he's just going to go overseas and play for a year and then prove his game play there. Because I would rather do that than play in the G League. But I don't know. Yeah. I guess it just depends on what your cup of tea is. I guess if you're Brian Bowling. Yeah, I mean, I you know, and then to go back to the NCAA thing. I mean, obviously we saw on Twitter. I'd heard you know, basically they said sources have told Brian Bowen he's going to be suspended at minimum a year, probably two years, which is the crazy. It's just crazy. It's insane. And it's insane. They couldn't have an answer for me. I really feel bad for the kid at this point. I mean, it sucks for South Carolina. Yeah. But you got to feel bad for the kid because I mean, again, I mean, how, how is he going to get drafted? You haven't played a game in it yet. You've never played a college game. You haven't played a competitive game in a year. So I I don't know. Situation overall. I just, yeah, I mean, again, for the kid's sake, I just hope at the end of the day he can figure it out, a plan to where he can go play, go showcase his skills and get signed somewhere. Because if he's, if he's as good as they said he was, I mean, 
you know, I just I just think it's a shame in the sense that, you know, this kid, you know, he said all he wanted to do was play college basketball. I mean, he could have built – he could have been a star. I mean, he could have been an absolute star in the SEC, and instead he's he's going to be a guy, honestly, Tom, in five years. I'm not even going to remember who Brian Bone is. That's just me being completely honest, unless he goes to the NBA and starts killing it. Like, yeah, I'm, they would I'm, be I'm, He's going to be like this, this forgotten guy. Like, and that's, that's a shame. That to me is a shame. So, um, other than that, I mean, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, now nothing, nothing much else. Again, we're going to be covering everything with the, uh, the Savion Jackson decision tomorrow night. Um, a lot of exciting stuff happening again. We're going to be in kind of a dead period, obviously, because of, you know, baseball season's over. You know, I think the big thing, next big thing, Tom is SEC media days will be in July, which, uh, is definitely one of my one of my favorite things to tune into. It's kind of the kickoff to get us ready for college football, and then before you know it, uh, August first is going to be you know going to be here, and we're going to be right in the fall practice. So again, we're going to be previewing a lot of stuff with college football coming up. I know that we we like to put out our predictions a little bit later than maybe the the Athlon Sports, the Lindys, the Phil Steels of the world. But uh, I, you know, I, I definitely I definitely like to uh, to build the excitement again as we kind of get later June, you know, getting to July, obviously August. I mean, it's at that point, it's boiling over. Also, be sure to check out tomorrow. We've actually got a really cool article coming out, not just us, but all of Armchair College Football, an article that I wrote. Um, yeah, shamelessly plugging myself here. Um, just kind of talking about the college football offseason, really some, something really cool. I mean, it's, it's an article I actually wrote specifically for South Carolina fans to begin with, and we actually decided, uh, our editor-in-chief decided it would be great to you know, broadcast it out to all of our college football fans. So check that out tomorrow. We're going to have it on our, you know, all of our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere else, armchelleramericans.com, of course. So uh, again, if you haven't done so yet, please be sure to go online, rate, subscribe, share, and download the Spurs Up Show, iTunes, the Citra app. You know where to find us. Uh, follow us on our social media handles, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you guys know where to find us there as well. And of course, armchelleramericans.com. So again, I think that's going to wrap it up. Tom, you got anything else? Any, any, uh, any last words? Nah, good Cox. All right. Sounds good. Well, Hey, we appreciate you guys listening again. Another fantastic episode. Uh, we look forward to Savion Jackson's decision tomorrow night and we will catch you guys on next week's episode of the Spurs up show. Take care.